If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, September 8th, 2021. I'm one of your host, Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. Joining me is twitch.tv slash Andy Cortez. Good morning, everyone. We just talked about Marvel and we're going to talk about video games now. Oh, you just talked about, oh, you guys do what if right before this, don't you? What if? Whoa, where can people yeah. catch that, Andy? YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny. Did you know we have an extra channel? We have two extra. Dude. I learned that a few months ago. I was like, well, that's wild. That's wild yeah. that we talk about non-game stuff here. And I learned about this guy named Nick Scarpino, who doesn't appear on this channel, but appears on the other channel. Blew my mind, Andy. You subscribe to my mind. Do I subscribe? No. <laughs> no. Oh, damn. Right, I can't have One that clogging we'll up my YouTube. Do you know how many videos kind of funny up uploads in a day? One day we'll earn that sub. Too many. <laughs> It's one day three. we'll learn it's three videos it's a lot that of that's wrong. more than most that YouTubers. now that i said it out loud <laughs> yeah, yeah right? two different channels Marcus Brown, the uploads like one video a week <laughs> i don't worry about him clogging yeah, millions feet. of you we gotta crawl and beg beg for people to watch our shit that's fair that's fair Andy, please how's god subscribe to kind of funny <laughs> I'm, do I'm doing great i'm doing great i got a nice night of rest after a long night of apexing with you and snowbike mike it was a good night it was a very good night. I had a, I had a good time last night, but it was one of those ones where I was like, man, we could have got more wins. You know, like we, we, I think we did, we did decent. We were playing on a map that I think all of us were, were new to for arenas. And so it's that thing of we didn't, we didn't have the map knowledge that we needed to really dominate. And I think we we're getting there toward the second half of our stream, but it was one of those things where we we're just too late, right? Like I think you guys were playing Fortnite beforehand. I came and I joined, I joined in late, wanted to get a decent night of sleep before doing games daily today. And so like, we didn't get to go that late. And so after an hour, I feel like it's not enough time for us to like really ramp up and actually start dominating. And so I want to get back in there with you. It's tough to get that rhythm down. Uh, there was that moment where it's me all alone against two of the enemy teammates and Snowbike Mike <laughs> is about seven miles away. And they are they are closing in, and I'm, and I'm turning to this dude. I'm trying to just like fend them off, and I'm like, Mike, I need you. Where you at? And then Blessy goes, I was about to say, Mike, where are you right now? Like Andy well, is fighting these two dudes. That's, that's why I love playing with you guys because I think we're we're all at similar levels where like we're all thinking in the same way and trying to and like we we think a similar way about spacing and like who's got where and like where where are people at? And so I was already down and I was spectating you. And I see you, like, you're about to interact with one of the enemies on the right side of the field. And then I see Mike go into a house on the left side with the other guy. So I'm like, okay, cool. Andy's safe to go one-on-one -on -one with this guy. That's exactly what my brain is doing you know? in that moment. And then I saw the other guy start shooting at Andy. And, I, I like, at that moment, I was like, where the fuck is Snowbike Mike right now? And you say it out loud. And I'm like, I'm glad that we're all on the same page here. I'm glad that we can be this close to each other, that we're, we're able to say these things out loud. Yeah, sure, of course. You got you got to hold each other accountable. It's, it's all good. We'll get more wins in the future. We'll get more wins in the future. Exactly, exactly. Andy, speaking of wins, this episode is a big one for wins. Wins such as a new Marvel's Avengers roadmap, PlayStation acquiring a big new studio, 
video and more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosteeth.com or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games with bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you we got a new kind of funny games cast that's live right now uh, and it's a huge review episode we've played life strange true colors we've played warrior get it together and we've played the artful escape both tim and greg have new games of the year it's an episode that you need to check out you don't want to miss it and it's up right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe uh, also, as a reminder, it's September on Twitch. Viewers across the platform throughout the month can take advantage of 20% off subscriptions for first-time subscribers and for gifted subs. Your support means the world to us here at Kind of Funny, and right now you can take advantage of this deal and receive benefits like ad-free viewing, sub emotes, and more. Uh, and then remember, there's a PlayStation Showcase happening Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. That's tomorrow, and we'll be reacting to it live right here on twitch.tv slash Games. Andy, do you have any final predictions? what's like the one what's the one thing you want from this playstation showcase tomorrow oh my gosh i mean immediately i think metal gear remake and then my homeboy mm. tucker in the twitch chat says andy think bigger bloodborne 2 and and there's no <laughs> shot there's zero first, there's of all, less... first of all bloodborne 2 is thinking bigger than metal gear remake i i mean i think so the fact that we've already had a metal gear remake i, I think is the, it thinking Thank bigger you, yeah Thank and you, the Kevin. fact that we know what blo- that what frums is doing right frums already working on a game there's no shot they're working on another game right but hear me out what's team asobi up to we don't know i mean i want to put that i want to put that on my head bless i want i want to lower my expectations for you. those gigantic you know explosive reveals will i be revealed to be a voice in god of war ragnarok have to wait and see. Oh shit! Are you gonna be the, the, the new Kratos? You're replacing Christopher Judge? Yeah, Christopher Judge. Yeah, we've already talked about it. How he he heard my audition. He was like, "This kid's, this kid's got it," you know. Yeah, he's the one. I gotta I gotta step down. I gotta yeah. let him shine. I'll take <laughs> I gotta we, let him shine like hear, Victorious in the Can we hear a little Kratos really quick? Just get a little teaser. <laughs> Keep in mind, Kevin. It's ten in the morning. That's the problem. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, a little humid outside. A little humidity. So. <clears throat> Boy. <clears throat> See, I can't, I can't hit those I was ranges. Pretty, I was pretty good. Oh, that was, was really I'm good. Thank right you. I know, I know. Wow, I was not yeah. expecting such greatness. Now, can you do an uh, Atreus? Dad. Oh wow! It's just my. It's he just can my, play both roles. It's just my oh. kid Gohan. Really, it's, it's just a young Let me Gohan. Hear one more time. I talked over. Let me remember one time. Dad. That's crazy. Just go. That's on. crazy. It's gonna be like Andy playing Kratos and Atreus is gonna be like in uh, one of the Medea movies where <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Perry is playing Medea, but he's also playing like the yeah. male version of Tyler Perry and talking back to each other. Yeah, I would have gone with the Nutty Professor reference. That's, oh, that's, that's also that's probably difference. a better one. Yeah, Andy yeah. Murphy, a lot of range in those movies, mm-hmm. a lot of range. Uh, thank you to Wait, our Patreon Medea producers. Younger? No. Sorry. Right? What was that, Kevin? Does Medea skew younger? Oh yeah, Medea is like a decade after Nutty Professor, I would say. No, it was going on right around. Like, no, the but first like Medea movie. I think when like Medea hits, I, w- I would have thought were concurrent. I think when Medea hits the public consciousness, it is close to a decade after the Nutty Professor is released. No, really? <sighs> Pretty sure. I, I, I think know. it depends. I think there's a tier system because you got to remember, like, I, I, I was watching Medea in the early 2000s, but I'm also 
a black man that grew up in a Christian mm-hmm. upbringing. Medea was like targeted for my household specifically. Mm-hmm. And so I was watching Medea at the same time as that, Nutty That's why I'm saying say. like the public consciousness because at that point, like Nutty Professor is a cultural landmark. That is hitting mm-hmm. America, uh, you know, in the, in the fucking forehead and saying, you know, I'm Eddie Murphy and I'm here to, you know, he, oh, also I'm here's Eddie Dave Murphy Chappelle, by the way. You say, know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that definitely when, whenever Medea makes sort of the... When Medea becomes a household name across America, I think it's way after Nutty Professor. Mm. No, I think that makes sense, right? Like when I think of Medea actually hitting the big screen, that the the actual original movies that weren't just the recorded plays taken off the stage. When when Medea goes to jail came out, that would have been probably a decade or so after Nutty Professor. And so I'll give you that. I think that that Diary accurate. of a Mad Black Woman came out in two thousand and five. <sighs> that's a that's long, wild. Like, that's way later than I would think. Nutty Professor, Professor, 1996. Damn. Okay, I I I I estimated that wrong. I would have thought that came out in like 2000. That's wrong wild. Decade. To me. Wrong decade. Yeah. Because we had that VHS tape, so I was watching it in 2000. I can't <laughs> believe that was 1996. Man, time is wild. Uh, speaking of of uh, wild, thank you to our wild Patreon producers, the Whoa. kind of funny Destiny 2 PC clan and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Honey, DraftKings, and American Giant. But I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Rope Report. It's time for some news. We have only three stories today. And that's kind of misleading because our third news story is a bunch of review roundups. I have like four different review roundups for you for that story number three. But starting at story number one, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest on this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce you to the host of PS Love You XOXO, the host of the previous E3, Greg Miller. Greg, how's it going? It's great blessing. How are you? I'm doing really good this morning. Greg, you you came through because you had the scoop on an Avengers roadmap reveal. I believe that was revealed at 10 a.m. this morning, and I believe that you have things to say. Can Just you 11 minutes ago. 11 minutes ago, Blessing, uh, they officially revealed the content roadmap for Avengers, confirming a few different things that I'm excited about, but it seems like the people who are the community on the Reddit pissed. Who'd have thought? <laughs> you know what no I mean? They're fucking pissed. But I, I uh, last yesterday got to do the uh, behind closed doors, whatever, meet about this where they explained the roadmap to it. And it's hitting on what I would like from Avengers, right? So first and foremost, the biggest news story is that they are once again doubling down and confirming that, yes, Spider-Man is coming in 2021. This is the first time he's actually been on the roadmap. Uh, Kevin, if you want to go to my Twitter, the roadmap, uh, like this kid, he's got it. You can see it there if you're a visual listener. Uh, that you have new hero event there, Spider-Man, right? Only for PlayStation, of course, which of course makes everybody mad. But I still argue that I think most players are on PlayStation uh, because of stuff like this when they announced it. Uh, but beyond that, right? They're talking about a bunch of returning events like uh, the Red Room Takeover coming back, reasons to replay, uh, bonus XP weekends. That's great. But behind Spider-Man, as the biggest news, it would be the fact that they have Confront Claw in our first raid. Uh, as ridiculous as it sounds for this uh, games as a service multiplayer game, guys, they have yet to put a raid in the game the the best thing we have is omega threat level mission uh there's only one of those out right now that's the super adaptoid uh it's the one that i was just playing a couple uh, what a month ago or whatever with the team and freaking out about and having a great time but they haven't had that high level content actually in there so the fact that they're putting in this raid that they talked about with us that is built from the ground up it's not an old mission like uh, omega threat levels uh, like the omega threat level we already had was this is something about fighting claw working together uh, having to figure things out they say it'll be their hardest piece of content 
that they've done yet, which is interesting because for me and my crew, Omega Threat level was so difficult. But it also, uh, this uh, raid comes with a power level increase. Uh, the cap is going up to 175. And so right now it's at 150. It's going to go up to 175. Uh there will then be when you play this two different versions of the raid to play so you can get you know the you can get i think it's up to what yeah looking at my notes over here right yeah you can get up to 160 or whatever by playing the old stuff and playing the game as usual but then if you want the 175 stuff you have to do the elite version of the raid and go through and grind on that and get in there and hack at it the way you'd expect uh there are new echo new enemy type called echoes uh they're they're reworking resources and gear upgrading which if you are a, a nerd like me is exciting because it's a kind of a convoluted way they've done everything else before right whereas like right now one of the things they're doubling down on with the gear is that if you have a set you like when the new power uh, increase comes you can as long like if i have a, a 150 piece of uh, whatever head a headpiece right and i like the stats or the perks on it if i go and get a 155 uh, headpiece that i don't like as much i can come in and infuse that 155 into the old piece it'll cost resources obviously in the game to upgrade it and do stuff but that's fine with me and as long as that system works in terms of going through i think it'll actually make it better for you know if you're a hardcore player and you want a million different types of uh builds right great but if you're just like me in goldfarb right where i'm just going to main captain america and i want to be able to drop in with content i should be able to work on getting a pretty dope set and get in and out with it and then same thing with uh uh what i was talking about with the resources where right now there's a million resources and it's all kind of convoluted what they do they're gonna with this thing make it very simple of like cool this is what polychoron does this is what upgrade modules do this is what etc does so you actually know what you're doing and why you what's how it's all going to work out together so uh again i you know i talk about this all the time right oh they're also going to bring back earnable cosmetics which is something they took offline a while ago and we're like we're working on it and apparently now they've worked on it long enough to have it there. Wait, so they, they took off what does that mean that they took off earnable cosmetics you used to like, play you get- cosmetics yeah, you used to play and you'd get a drop for um, patterns that you could then bring back to the pattern machine and get a costume out of. Okay. But they eventually disabled that because it wasn't working the way they wanted it to. Uh, and then the same thing for the gear vendor. They used to sell different outfits for in-game credits. And then they took that away because that wasn't working the right way for them, they said. And of course, they were still selling stuff. They still sell costumes for real money if you want. You know what I mean? So like, there's an argument, obviously, that the longer this went on, the more the audience was just like, you're just trying to get us to spend real money on it, which... I'm sure is partly true. I'm sure also they wanted to make it rewarding to some respect how they do this. But there's a huge blog post up on uh, Play Avengers right now that is like talking about their learnings of the year, uh, what they've gone through, you know, because we are this is the one year anniversary of Avengers this week. Uh, and then, yeah, what's going to go on from here? Uh, well, the other thing is they confirmed Paul Tassie from Forbes asked specifically during our uh, behind closed doors meeting, you know, are they doing stuff for uh 2022 is there going to be avengers content in 2022 and they confirm yes there is and then at the end of their blog post they write uh, we have many plans beyond this most recent roadmap update that stretch into late winter and beyond including addressing long-standing asks to quality of life improvements to new heroes villains and more we'll also provide updates on patrol mode and omega omega level threat uh cloning labs when we have concrete news to share so you know for people like me that are actually into the game exciting that there's still more to come andy why why is everybody pissed off greg I don't have the answer for you yet. Because, uh, and I just want to interject before you try to think of an answer, because when you did that Black Panther thing, that was a sponsored thing again. But oh yeah, sponsored based it. on what I was seeing in the Twitch chat, everybody seemed so happy and so excited that they were getting not only news, but sort of more transparency. Yeah. And I, I would have thought that, all right, the goodwill has been sort of grabbed back. All this is going to be... <laughs> I, more positive than it has been in the past. 
I still think they have the goodwill right now in terms of the audience that's paying super close attention. I think it's just the normal thing we always talk about, right? Where when you have a passionate fan base, like, because keep in mind, like, I know that I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, please. I know that I'm probably to you guys and most listeners, the biggest Avengers fan, you know, right? But what that legitimately means yeah, you're is about that six, like, four, yeah. When there, thank you, Andy. When there's an event or you know a new suit or a new you know thing for me to come back to, I'm there for it. And so like I, that's how I play the game and how I enjoy the game. But there are people on the subreddit who play it every day, who are grinding out the best build and mid maxing and doing all this stuff. So I think there, what I've seen there is like I also don't think they understand the raid fully, but they're like this could have just been Spider-Man's coming in Q4 and been the end of it. You don't need to put out a roadmap for this. I disagree. I think the the first raid does sound dramatically different than uh, an Omega-level threat. I do think that you're going to get something different out of that. I do like that they put Spider-Man on here. I mean, the fact that even, I know it's a dorky thing, but if you look at the roadmap, like you have Spider-Man swinging at Claw. Like that's the first time we've seen anything for it. It's just a silhouette, but it's cool that they're doing something with it, right? Like, do you, do I, you I don't believe know. that we'll get Spider-Man this year? 100%. I think the I like awesome. I, I I think these uh, I think the this team at Crystal Dynamics has been burned enough by overpromising and underdelivering, and I think that's like you know Andy, you go back to your transparency and stuff, and I think you know since that Square presents, which you know the day before I put out the most popular episode of the Blessing Show, where I was oh, like, right. hey, yeah. who could forget? Just heads it's up, it's still rising in views, by the way. Like <laughs> of course I keep, it is. Like my dreams video keeps almost eclipsing it, and then out of nowhere they drop a new ex- expansion, and the, the Avengers video just like shoots back up and. I'm views. telling you, I you were talking about a whole lot of Avengers content out there, Buzz. You got to watch videos for you're it. You're talking. <laughs> you're talking about putting story number two as your thumbnail headline. You put the thumbnail and headline as Spidey and Avengers colon Spidey and a raid coming. You're gonna have some views, brother. Uh, but like the thing about it, like yeah, I think you know people want more from this game obviously you want them to you this roadmap you would have loved to have seen a whole bunch of new heroes on right like and seen what it was going and stretch and blah blah like that's just not how game development actively works nor as we were driving at a second ago a more transparent crystal works like they uh, they are being better again like you know I, like i appreciate even and beyond right we will also provide updates on yeah. patrol mode and omega level threat cloning labs when we have concrete news to share i know this is an old beaten up story but i will bring it out again remember Cloning Labs was published accidentally at 3 a.m. September 2020, maybe October 2020, right? Fran Mirabella played it by accident. He's the only human being. It got published to a live server by accident. One of the best things I've ever heard ever. And he deleted the archive because he's so stupid. It's (laughs) such a Fran Mirabella thing. But like that's something they've been working on for eight, one, an entire year, right? Patrol mode was on the roadmap before, and they the the old roadmap that they eventually, uh, right before Wakanda, gave an update to of like, hey, we're actually taking patrol mode off. Like, you can be there and be upset that they're delaying stuff or not publishing stuff but personally i'd rather it be good i'd rather it live up to whatever they want it to be and and, and even beyond that i'm happy they're talking about it they're saying what's going on right they're talking about this not being there where it is and so the conversation uh yesterday with you know the q a and the devs was very much that no spider-man is coming this year and i do not think at this point they they know what they did <laughs> last year with the Hawkeyes and with uh, Wakanda. I think they you know, know not to say did. something like that unless they are 100% sure Spider-Man's coming this year. Now, Greg, one more question. Sure. Can I get a scouting report on your squad? Oh, like how we're doing out there? Like if I'm if I'm a scout and I'm you're going to sort of give me a I, I guess a um like here's a couple of sheets that I printed out. Here's what to watch sure. for from my squad. Sure. What are the weak points? Who? What are the strengths? The weak point 
is one relationship, and it's Fran Miravella connected to, to Andrew Goldfarb. All right, because okay. Fran for some Goldfarb plays more of Avengers than I do. You know what I mean? Like he's already got Black Panther one fifty, and he's doing all this crazy stuff with it, yada yada yada. But Fran will micromanage Goldfarb. Oh sure, and like that, like you can hear Goldfarb slowly break down. <laughs> Of like I like I know I need to go collect the time crystals, Fran. Like you know what I mean. I know I need to get the time orbs here to keep it going. But when Fran sees the counter, you can only go up to a minute, right? When he sees it dip to like twenty five seconds, Fran starts flipping out. Andrew's like, "No, I'm on my way to them. Don't worry." But Fran will continue to yell yeah. about the orbs, and it's really I, I love that. I love that because like this last weekend I was playing uh, Ghost Shima Legends, the new rivals mode with yeah. GoFarb. And GoFarb is like the nicest person to play games yeah. with because like he's very like easygoing, like he's go with the flow, you know, he'll make suggestions, but he's never like that micromanaging. But then like on the opposite on the opposite end, Fran is like the most particular, like get into the details, nitty-gritty kind of person. And I like oh, I can't, it's all about I just can't imagine that dynamic. It is all about the min-max with Fran. Now, Greg, I see a great question in chat right here from sure. Guy 91 uh, who is, by the way, subscribing. It's September. Did you know 20, uh, all subs are 20% off? Anyway, I heard about that at the top of the show. Greg, do we see Spider-Man tomorrow? <sighs> no. Yeah. Good question, Kai no. Guy. You, you got him stuck. No, really? Yeah. Wow. Sorry about okay. that. Hate, hate to break the news to you. You're not going to see Spider-Man tomorrow. Greg, one more question uh, before we get to the next news story. Aside from Spider-Man. Okay, hold on real quick. Sorry. Hoof. Hoof. I just that was one of those of like I asked that question yesterday during the panel, the QA, and they said we're gonna put out a statement about it, and I wasn't sure if the statement out. The statement is out. Marvel's Avengers will not be part of PlayStation Showcase on 9-9, mm, but we can't okay. wait to show you more in the coming months. They did tease too that like Spider-Man might after I had already asked this question, they said Spider-Man might pop up here and there. So I think you might get teases before you actually get the full-blown here's the reveal of spidey so aside from the raid and aside from spider-man what is it on the roadmap that you're looking forward to the most well that's a tough question because i think honestly it's the raid and spider-man right like i think for me it's the you know what they've done so far with when they put out the monica mission which was a villain sector they dropped that was like we had to work together and actually we were me and goldfarb were losing playing it and we're like man we never lose at this game like you know what i mean you had to think about it and then uh the omega level threat right the difficulty of that the thought behind it right uh their official description for the claw raid obviously they're talking about a whole bunch of stuff but they go the claw raid will feature custom crafted levels new threats that require complex and tactical combat and stronger enemy variety themed to the villain being faced uh new enemies called echoes sound constructs created by claw have been created and tailored exclusively for the experience uh, with the power level increased to 175 yielding more compelling drops it is a notable example of replayable and rewarding content that fits our mantra moving forward i think that's what excites me about it is that i now know this is what we've talked i talked about it for a long time in the you know the desert that was uh, the avengers uh post-launch content of why would i go grind a character why would i go get exotics if i don't have anything to do right right now the fact that they're coming out and saying hey this claw raid is gonna be super hard and you know you're gonna have new stuff it makes me even though life is so complicated and it's so stressful already be like all right cool i need to get like a standing night with goldfarb sean tam maybe fran if he can get his shit together and go out there and grind for these exotics so that when this drops i'm not working from where I, I'm not putting in work I could have put in a work you know two months ago three months ago whatever it's going to be does that make sense you know what I mean like yeah, I have right. a reason to play Avengers and grind out for stuff and it's to get ready for this raid rather than trying to do that the week before the raid drops 
Awesome. Greg, thank you so much for that Avengers report. I'm sure we'll check back in with you whenever they reveal Spider-Man or whatever the next <laughs> Avengers thing is. But, Greg, I do want to talk about the next news story, probably the headline of the show and the biggest news from the show. Uh, Greg, you can stay if you want to. I know you have a oh. 1030, but, you know, I'm stay for here. a little bit. Okay, you can stay for a little bit. Okay, little cool. Let's talk about it. Uh, story number two, PlayStation has acquired a big new game studio. I'm pulling from a few different sources. I have three different things I'm going to read it into. Uh, so I'm going to start with the PlayStation blog where Herman Holst, the head of PlayStation Studios, puts up a post titled, Welcoming Fire Sprite to the PlayStation Studios Family. After a number of years closely collaborating on several games together, including the Playroom PS4 and the Playroom VR, I couldn't be more delighted to welcome Fire Sprite to PlayStation Studios family as our 14th studio. Quite a few members of Fire Sprite come from SIE's studio Liverpool, uh, and we're thrilled to welcome them back. Fire Sprite is a creative and ambitious studio that is exceptional at building incredible experiences that truly showcase the, the potential of our hardware. The team's technical and creative capabilities will be paramount to growing our stellar catalog of exclusive games, and I think you'll be excited for what's to come. Welcome to PlayStation Studios, Fire Sprite. I'm not going to jump into a letter from Graham Anchors of Fire Sprite, the managing director, who writes this. We've had the pleasure of working with many talented developers and publishers across the industry. And PlayStation, in particular, has been a friend and co-development partner for the best part of a decade. Collaborating together on many exciting projects, including the Playroom, Run Sackboy Run, and the Playroom VR. PlayStation also gave us the opportunity to create our own IP, The Persistence, and we were given the, the, the creative freedom to, to explore, innovate, and release a survival horror game we are immensely proud of. Now, as a first-party studio, we know we have the full support of PlayStation in furthering our heritage of combining creativity and technical inno innovation to offer some truly unique experiences for PlayStation fans. I'm proud of the talent we have at Fire Sprite, and you'll continue to hear and see more from us all very soon. Lastly, I want to pull some tidbits from Christopher Dring at GamesIndustry.biz, who got an exclusive interview uh, with Herman Holst and the team over there uh, talking all about this acquisition. It's a long article, so I encourage people to go over to GamesIndustry.biz and actually check it out, read the, through the full thing. I pulled what I consider to be the most interesting tidbits from it. PlayStation is making its third acquisition of the summer by purchasing UK-based Fire Sprite. And I'm going to interject and say third, meaning uh, they announced... Nixus, they announced... Oh, actually, no. I guess technically this is the third. For some reason in my mind, they were including Bluepoint in here, but Bluepoint technically <laughs> wasn't announced. And so, yeah, technically, yeah, the third uh, acquisition. The Liverpool-based game developer may not be a household name. It's best known for working with PSVR, for the horror shooter, The Persistence, and for supporting Sony's The Playroom titles. But it is a substantial studio with more than 250 employees. To put that into context, that's larger than PlayStation's other two major UK teams, London Studio and Media Molecule, combined. But what also makes this notable is that Fire Sprite was also formed by employees of Sony's famous, famous Liverpool studio, the developer that was with PlayStation from the beginning and created the Wipeout franchise before it was closed in 2012. To us old school UK, UK industry followers, it feels like a significant moment. In an interview between GamesIndustry.biz and Herman Holst, Herman says, quote, it is just the right it is, it is just the right time for them to join us and double down on the projects that we're doing with them to solidify the relationship and to give them proper give them a proper seat at, at the table where we have formal knowledge ex exchange with other studios. They already have some strong ties with certain first party studios, but I want to be clear that we want them to lead the development of several game projects rather than helping other teams out, even though they have collaborated with us before. As far as Sprite has grown and evolved, we think that this 
that this is a role that it's now ready for, which is developing exclusive games for PlayStation Studios, end quote. Prior to the acquisition, Fire Sprite had been recruiting for two titles, a, quote, game-changing huge multiplayer shooter and an ambitious narrative blockbuster adventure, end quote. Also, the word was dark. The dark word is in there, too, Blessing. Oh, yeah, ambitious, ambitious dark. dark narrative blockbuster adventure. Uh, Going for the darkness, yeah. Uh, maybe they are making their, their darkness. Anchors and Holst couldn't talk about the productions the company is working on outside of the fact that they will be in genres outside of PlayStation Studios' core offerings. Herman continues, quote, Ideally, the games are aligned with the culture and what the teams are good at. It is definitely true that Fire Sprite is a team that loves to tinker with the platform. They love to experiment, to take something, and toy with it. In a sense, that is maybe a little similar to Team Asobi, not to suggest that they're going to make similar games, but uh, their own, uh, well, going to make similar games, but in their own way. There it is. They're a flexible team in what you can give them, in, in that you can give them any platform, and they love that challenge, end quote. I'm going to turn... To Greg Miller, the co-host or host of PSLU XOXO, Greg, co-host, cool. Well, let's roll with it. What is your take on this Fire Sprite acquisition? Imagine being one of these people, right? Mm-hmm. Sony closes down Studio Liverpool, and you're like, "Fuck it, I'm going over here. We're gonna do our own thing." And then here we go. Time is flat circle. You're working for Sony again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a different PlayStation, and it's a different, obviously, studio than what uh, S- Liverpool had been working on, right? When you talk about how they had gotten all the way to, uh, just doing wipeout after wipeout, it felt like. Uh, you know, my take on it is, I can't wait to see what they have. You know what I mean? I think Herman's been doing a great job over there of getting people who are doing great things uh, for PlayStation, right? And so, what does this look like? What is the fruit that this acquisition will bear? Uh, we don't know. Uh, you know, this dark game sounds fun and cool or whatever. But I like that he calls out, you know, they're talking about like uh, making games in a, in a way that PlayStation is known for. Right. Like it's the, the thing, you know, expect from PlayStation first parties. And so that gets me excited. Like, I think they've made, all, you know, all the right calls so far in terms of how they're running their first parties. And so in Worldwide Studios. So let's see what happens here. 250 employees is something I would have never guessed. How the hell are you staying in business when you have 250 employees on the payroll and you made the persistence VR. <laughs> like I, that, that's oh, something VR, that's man, so throwing lots of money around for VR. Uh, that, that's crazy to me. Though. That's not like a weird thing. That's like kind of a, an interesting tidbit that to me says that I, in my opinion, I, you know, if I were to make a prediction right now, which I am, everybody write this down, they're going to make a gigantic, like up there with the God of Wars and the horizons. That's what they're being tasked to do when you wow. have that many people on the payroll. See, I don't think I they're going to work on a small VR thing. I take it as they're going to be working on multiple games at the same time, something akin to maybe an Insomniac or maybe like a smaller, uh, like a smaller scale Insomniac. Because, like you know, they mentioned here that they're working on, uh, at least as, as of the time of being acquired, they're working on the dark narrative adventure game, but then also working on a multiplayer shooter. And for PlayStation, I'm sure and, acquiring them. Yeah you're probably acquiring those games as well. You're probably having them continue work on those depending on how, how far along those are and the, the the how quality those games look. For Herman Holst, he mentioned having games that are different from what you'd expect from the PlayStation portfolio. Like he, he compared them to Team Asobi in a way that, you know, they're not making an Astrobot type of game, but they're making games that 
you that uh exist in genres outside of PlayStation Studios core offerings, which to me says we do want them to continue work working on their first person uh uh shooter multiplayer game because PlayStation Studios doesn't have that and you want to be able to have that with quality. We want to have them keep working on their uh dark narrative adventure game, which it's something that PlayStation Studios does have. If we count things like The Last of Us, and we count other games that have that kind of brutal tone to them that are these third-person action games. But you know, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe this studio has a different approach to it. Maybe they have a different vision to it. Maybe it is less of a Last of Us and more of a Concrete Genie type of thing. You know, I think whatever that may end up being, I think this is very fascinating because this is this article putting it into perspective of hey this is bigger than london studios and media molecule combined that sets that that sets the ceiling at a high place in terms of where the studio can go and what kind of games are going to be putting out and so like if you're telling me we're going to get something something akin to a, a something that has at least the scope and le- the level of scope of dreams or something that you know maybe they're working on a vr game that is even more even higher scope than something like blood and truth Either way, to me, that speaks as exciting. And with with the way that a lot of these studios work nowadays, they're hinting at these two titles. And it's clear which one is being made to pay the bills and which one is going to be the real passion project. <laughs> and it's usually like, yeah, make let's make DLC for whatever game while we work on the game that we are hoping to be the one that makes a name for us, right? It reminds me of Ninja Theory with Hellblade and what was the one that came out (laughs) and we played once? Bleeding Edge. Bleeding Edge, yeah. I was going to say Battleborn, but I knew it wasn't Battleborn. Bleeding Edge. Yeah, that's definitely Where, like, Bleeding Edge came out and it's like, they were like, this is our passion project. We were working on this before Microsoft acquired us. We we wanted to make this, but got sidetracked by Hellblade and we're all ships in on Hellblade, but now we're back to this. And they put it out and nobody cared about it, right? It came on Xbox Game Pass. People played it maybe once or twice and were like, eh, and then bounced off of it. Maybe... Maybe that could be the similar thing here, right? Like they mentioned the exact quote here is, you know, Fire Sp- prior to the acquisition, Fire Sprite had been recruiting for two titles, a game-changing huge multiplayer shooter, which puts that in like an ambitious place, right? A game-changing multiplayer shooter. What the fuck does that mean? But then they also, after that, follow that up with um, an ambitious, dark narrative blockbuster adventure, which falls way more in line with what we expect from PlayStation Studios. That, to me, does sound like the Hellblade bleeding edge back and forth there, but... You know, in the best case scenario, both those games are bangers. In the best best case scenario, with the backing of PlayStation Studios, they're able to take those and either scale up or at least have the budget to reinforce whatever the visions for those projects are and are able to deliver something that deliver two projects that, you know, are really cool and end up being fan favorites. Because I think for somebody who I, I really enjoy PlayStation games, I really enjoy PlayStation Studios games. We talk about it every single week on PS Love You XOXO. I do have the the complaint of man it would be nice to get more first party stuff that isn't uh the traditional title right like I love my ghosts I love my horizons I love my last buses but you know what if we got more third person shooters on the platform or first person shooters on the platform what if we got more first person shooters or um uh multiplayer games right coming out first party on the platform what if we got more weird shit or different shit uh that branched out from what we traditionally got what if we got more big western rpgs that that's what i like the most about playstation announcing all these partnerships even though we don't have games attached to them yet we've had this quite a few times now this year with jade raymond studio and i believe the other the other fire studio that was fire walk uh and even deviation studios we got recently at e3 they're announcing these studios without announcing the games and 
part of me is like, well, it'd be nice to get the games first. It'd be nice to like understand the vision for these things. But at the very least, I do like the transparency, and I do like the fact that I can start to imagine what that 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 um the variation in the library looks like i can start to imagine a playstation studios that is putting out your ghosts and your last lessons and your god of wars and all these things but is also putting out a bunch of other things i can see a, a PlayStation studios that's putting out many more returnals which to me is super exciting because of how much i love returnal and how much i know other people love re- games like returnal as well i want to see more more shit like that i want to see more stuff that's weird and different and cool uh and so i think with that that this has me super excited i i, I guess the the thing that kind of makes me feel cautious and worried for them is the word game changing huge multiplayer shooter like Mm. those words maybe you don't have to make it too huge (laughs) we've seen what (laughs) happens to a lot of these shooters that aren't warzone that aren't apex we've uh, when was the last time you thought about arcade again when was the last time you thought about destruction all-stars which again isn't a shooter but it's Mm -hmm. a game that is supposed to be somewhat persistent it's a game that's supposed to have a living, breathing sort of world that you go back to and you level up. And I, I, it's unfortunately, they just, a lot of these games just hit this graveyard bless. They just, they're they're dead on arrival. Um, Not to say that they don't have concurrent players. Like every game is going to have several hundreds, if not a couple thousand concurrent players. But a lot of these games that you worry about the budget being put into them and what are the returns? And how quickly are these players going back to the mainstays? Again, the war zones, the apexes, the Fortnites, all that stuff. Um, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think it's so risky nowadays to try to make a game-changing, huge multiplayer shooter. I think that is so risky compared to trying to make... Because uh, when you talk about a game-changing, huge multiplayer shooter, you're talking about a game that you are hoping has a really, really long lifespan. As opposed to a game-changing huge single-player game, which might find a new audience as you go on more and more, but it doesn't require a sort of... It doesn't require it being a popular game, right? You don't need a a gigantic player base for a single-player game, and that's the thing that worries about me. That's the thing that worries me about a lot of these multiplayer games. I just... I can't imagine trying to do that now when it just seems like so many of them come and they arrive and they fail immediately. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I hear you. And I think that that is the risk. Them being part of PlayStation Studios helps me believe that hopefully that isn't the case. Hopefully they do have the backing and comfort of not feeling like they have to put out something just for uh just be a moneymaker. You know, like I think PlayStation Studios in recent times has done a good job of being like, cool, Housemark, do you like make the game that you guys want to make and we'll we'll back it. Even Media Molecule, which we kind of go back and forth on 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 Media Molecule on PSL of you and on different shows of like, is Dream successful? Is it not successful? At the very least, Dreams is a game that they wanted to make. And I would say that Dreams overall is a very good game, even though it probably isn't it probably doesn't have the audience uh uh there to support it fully. It still exists, and I hope it leads to Media Molecule continuing to make dope games. I would hope that them giving the given being given the cushion of playstation studios would help out with that but i do i do hope you know at the same time that it is less the hellblade um uh bleeding edge back and forth and more so what we can hope to expect with death loop and redfall when we're talking about arcane and then being able to put out death death loop which from preview impressions people are really are, are really digging so far and people have at the very least a lot of hype for and then redfall another game that looks really cool that is coming out next year they're able to go back and forth between those two teams 
I hope it's more that, right? Like I hope I, I I hope they're able to manage that well. But it is a ver- it is very much a wait and see kind of thing, you know. Like I'm I'm with you that hearing the um the superlatives of like you know game changing, you know ambitious, like all this stuff. It's like you know what if like we you guys put out playroom, <laughs> like you guys put out the persistence, right? Like how how am I expected to expect this from you? But I think for me it strikes me similar to Housemark's evolution from going to the smaller scale. Uh, Rezo guns and next machinas to then creating something that is AAA. I hope that transition exists for them as well. But again, you know that's not the easiest thing to do, and so I, I definitely hear where you're coming from, Andy. Before we move on to the next news story, I want to point to a question from Ignacio Rojas real quick, who writes in to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games, just like you can. It says, "What is up, Blessing and Andy, aka Blandy, with the announcement of Fire Sprite joining PlayStation Studios? I gotta that's ask." A bad name, right? Like we can agree that's a bad name. But yeah. It's like Yeah, it, it makes it like sound bland. Boring. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Sorry, I don't interrupt. Go ahead. It's it's okay. Chat give us better suggestions. We should figure this out. I well, I think, think we, we, I think at one point we talked about undressing, but it sounds like undressing with an accent. <laughs> oh, that's that's a lot. I don't Which know. Kind of sexy. Me, yeah. I but it's you know? kind of making me uncomfortable too. A little sexy it's, though, Kevin. Too Somebody said blendy in chat blendy i i like better than blandy cuz it's like we're blending. Like it's our united forces together. And the think machine. Instead of ink machine, you get it? Oh, okay. I see what you did there. I see. There that go. was good. That mm-hmm. was good. That was really good. Uh, with the announcement of Fire Sprite joining PlayStation Studios, I got to ask, whatever happened with the, the Bluepoint acquisition? It's been a little over two months and still no word of it. Could it, have, could it have been somehow an honest mistake? Or could we possibly get a confirmation this week on the PlayStation sh- uh, Showcase? Anyways, as always, keep being awesome. Uh Andy, we talked a little bit about this one on this last week's PS I Love You, and I think where we came down on theorizing what the fuck was up with Bluepoint is that maybe, possibly, potentially, at a PlayStation Studio showcase, or a PlayStation showcase, I should say, maybe you announce a Bluepoint game that's coming up alongside the Bluepoint acquisition. Maybe that's the way you, you do it. Maybe that's why they hold that information. That's just a theory. That's just a guess. But, Andy, do you have any take on what's up with them not announcing Bluepoint yet? That seems like the most logical thing. I mean, I think as E3 hits, we're waiting for the announcement of this of this Sony first party showcase, right? Not necessarily even first party, but just the Sony showcase. Where the hell is this thing? And I think we're sort of assuming that whenever we get this showcase, we're going to get that announcement. And I, I don't think it's I would be shocked if we didn't hear something about it. I mean, the fact that it was an official team that tweeted that out. Like, we know it's an inevitability. In my mind, it's an inevitability. It's just a matter of when. And I think the most logical point is going to be tomorrow at yeah. 2 p.m. And I'm so excited for this, Bless. I agree. I'm also so, so excited. I'm, I'm excited about the things we don't know, Andy. Yeah. What are they hiding from us? Oh, are yeah. we going to get infamous? Like, what the fuck are the... What, those, what are are the these most ex- those are the most exciting things. I hope that everything doesn't get leaked before tomorrow. Now, Andy, I want to run two more by you, all right? Somebody in chat said, Andy Yoye. Andy Oye. Andy Oye. Andy Oye. And then somebody else like said, um, combine Merc City with Nitro Rifle. Nitro City. Oh, that's kind of cool. Nitro City is pretty sick, too. That's kind of cool. You can also go Merc Rifle, which sounds like a weapon I'd pick up in Unreal Tournament. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to let you steal on that, Andy. We'll, okay. we'll come back after the break you because, of pot, course, yeah. I, don't re- I want to remind folks that, of course, you can go to patreon.com slash games where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors online shopping everybody does it 
there's no shame in it. Unless you're doing it without honey, that is. Then you should be ashamed of yourself. That's because honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best ones it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online from tech and gaming sites to fashion brands and even food delivery. It's also super simple to use. When you go to checkout, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply codes. Then sit back and relax and Honey will search for coupons. If it finds a working one, you'll watch the price drop. Kevin and Tim swear by Honey. Everything they buy, they run through Honey first just to make sure we're making sure we get that best price possible. Kevin and Tim love Honey. Every single thing we buy, especially for the new studio, we use Honey for because we wanna make sure we're getting the best price possible. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid at supporting this podcast. We'd never recommend anything we don't use ourselves. So go over, get Honey for free at joinhoney.com games. That's joinhoney.com slash games. It's finally here. The NFL is back and DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL, has millions of reasons to get you excited. Literally millions, because to kick off the football season, DraftKings is giving new customers a free shot at a $1 million top prize, with a total of $4 million up for grabs for Thursday's opener. Getting in on Thursday night's single game showdown is easy. Draft six players from the season opener, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Download the DraftKings app now and use code KFGD. This week, new customers can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize and $4 million in total prizes. Enter code KFGD to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's code KFGD only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. American Giant isn't just the name of the people who make the greatest hoodie ever made, no exaggeration. The folks over at American Giant call themselves that because they know the power of supporting local manufacturers, communities, and workers. That's why they produce everything in America, with the added bonus of getting to obsess over every single detail of their clothing at every step. And let me tell you, those two things close to home for me. I love great quality, I love made in America, and I love when people obsess over details. American Giant began with the belief that local makes better. Every detail matters, and the clothes you wear every day should be beautiful and durable. But they didn't stop there. After their first best-selling hoodie, they expanded well beyond it, continuing to revolutionize your everyday wardrobe and leaving things better than they were before. Explore American Giant's collection of durable essentials at AmericanGiant.com. And you get 20% off when you use code KFGD at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com. The promo code KFGD. I really do like Nitro City. I think I'm, I might roll with Nitro City. I feel like that's a really good one, Andy. Let's take a let's take a drive down Nitro City. Let's What's waiting drive. there? A lot of anxiety. Yeah, take a drive down Nitro City with our Merc rifle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andy, let's hop into story number three. This is our last news story, but it's a big one because we have a review roundups galore. Of course, review roundups usually count as one news story, but. A bunch of games had all had embargoes lift this morning. Of course, you can go to Kind of Funny Gamescast, where we did three different reviews for three different uh, uh, games. Um, I got review roundups for, I want to say, let's let's count them re- real quick. You got one, uh, two, uh, three, four different games all right, here in this review roundup. Andy, let's start with Tales of Arise. Right now, Tales of Arise is sitting on Metacritic at an 88 and on OpenCritic at an 88 as well. Hiring Cryer at Eurogamer recommends Tales of Arise and says, what's really surprising is how much Tales of Arise riffs off the excellent Sekiro 
Sekiro Shadows died twice. Many of Sekiro's fights weren't actually about whittling down the enemy's health at all, but rather building up a separate meter with parries and well-placed attacks to stun your foes, allowing the titular Shinobi to, ex to execute them in one decisive attack. Arrives takes this formula and meshes it into a frantic party-based battle system, letting the player build up an enemy's stagger meter so they might deliver a killing blow early with one supremely powerful move, while incorporating special allied abilities to keep the hits coming and the meter rising. And almost plays out like a chaotic puzzle game where you'll be figuring out which allies are available to lay into an enemy and keep the stagger meter going up while Alfin backs off and recharges one of his abilities in turn ready to jump in and take over. Tales of Arise rides the, hi the high of a brilliant battle system and a charismatic supporting cast. It's not always the smoothest ride, especially when, when the back half of Bandai Namco's game stumbles into inter inter interplanetary affairs and storytelling that goes something a little goes for something a little more grandiose. But the combination of compelling characters and a plot that will genuinely get you rooting for everyone involved is a sublime match. And then Robert Ramsey at Push Square gives it a 9 out of 10 and says, Tales of Arise went above and beyond our expectations. With its picturesque landscapes instilling a real sense of adventure, is easily one of the strongest, most cohesive Tales games to date. Dramatic cutscenes and memorable characters, uh, character moments help sell an intriguing story, while satisfying combat system becomes more and more engaging as your party powers up. A fantastic modernized journey with all the rewarding qualities of a classic JRPG. Uh, Andy, this is one that is sitting on my PS5, and I booted it up for a few hours, and I got into that conundrum, a similar conundrum that I got into last year, where... Right after playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, I love that game so much that I wanted to play every JRPG in the world, Andy. And so I downloaded. Do. Uh, I downloaded. Perso it's very tough to do. I've downloaded All Persona cast. Five Royal. I yeah. downloaded um, Le uh, Legends of Heroes: Trails of Cold Steel, and I, and I downloaded Final Fantasy VII, the original. And I played about three hours of Trails of Cold Steel. I played about twenty hours of the original Final Fantasy VII, and then I beat <laughs> Persona Five Royal, put in like a hundred. 30 hours into that game i got into a similar thing here where i am playing genshin impact which i've been talking about nonstop on our shows uh i, I wanted to play tales of arise and i also uh started up a little bit of redacted <laughs> which i can't talk about yet but it's been one of those things where there's so many video games this, uh, uh, this month, Andy, that I can't play them all. But I will say that in the first few hours that I spent with Tales of Arise, I really do want to play more. That game looks gorgeous. I really like the presentation. The writing and characters so far seem interesting, and I like what I played with the combat. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm still waiting for my code. I had requested a an Xbox code, and they got back to Greg saying that uh, codes weren't. It was going to take a while to get them sometime later on this week. And I was like, all right, well, I'll just take a PC code, in, uh, code then. And then I haven't uh, heard back, unfortunately. But it's something that I'm interested in. I think the art style is what, what gets me the most. And hearing about this fighting game style and how you are trying to combo parries and stagger the enemy, that that is just like, yes, let's do that. If, if it's going to look that gorgeous and that's how you're describing the combat, hell yeah, I'm super about all of this. Yeah, like I didn't make it far enough to really experience the the Sekiro vibes that um, uh, Hiram Cryer at Eurogamer was comparing it to. But reading that alone makes me want to jump back in immediately because so far the combat has, again, been pretty fun. I'm sure that like once you start getting further and actually getting higher level and start playing at a higher level, that's when that stuff really shines. And I really want to I really want to see that through because for everybody I've talked to who has played it as well, you know, I was talking to, oh, who was it? 
I'm going to check my DMs to see because they're DMing me about this game because they're curious. Because I put out a tweet yesterday about, like, you know, I was playing a game, realized halfway through that I just wasn't having fun and then put it down. Multiple people, people DM'd me thinking I was talking about different games. Like, a, a bunch of game reviewers were like, oh, are you having this with this? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm talking about the Artful Escape. Um, but it was the homie... Eric Van Allen, uh, uh, who was playing it and really dug it and hit me up and was like, oh, dude, yeah, if you want to go back and put in the work, you're really going to enjoy it. Um, <laughs> so I just got distracted by somebody who entered the live stream chat. I was going to acknowledge them. And then I realized that it was a completely an accident that they entered. But I love <laughs> I'm not going to reveal who it was, but I yeah. love the person that it was. Yeah. Because it was the most random person you can imagine. <laughs> I was like, oh, and here we have to talk about <laughs> yeah, I was Tales like, of oh, This person wants to talk about Tales of Arise? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't talked to you in months, but all right. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm glad this game is getting good reviews. I'm glad that people are hyped for it. And from what I played, I think people are going to be pretty happy uh, with what they get out of Tales of Arise. But Andy, we have more for our review roundup. So let's jump in to WarriorWare Get It Together. Uh, this is one that we talked about on this morning's Gamescast. Uh, Tim has played through it. Uh, he gave all of, his, all of his impressions on the Gamescast. He really likes it, but also is underwhelmed by it because of how high the price point is and how much content that the game offers. It's just like he, he says that it's content light, right? I think he said he ruled credits in about four hours and of course there's still stuff to do there but uh it didn't live up to him in terms of uh what a 50 dollar game actually means to him uh but i do want to pull from metacritic and open critic both sites are having it sit at a 76 uh starting with tom marks at ign tom marks gave it a 7 out of 10 which is funny if you listen to our games cast because we we're making fun of like Okay, let's see how much is Tom Marks gonna. Tom Marks is probably gonna love this game. He's probably gonna give like a nine. Tom Marks, he lived up to the cause. He gave it a he seven said, out of ten. Fuck you all. <laughs> Tom Marks is for sure listening to our games cast. And is like, hey, oh, fuck Tim, Tim Gettys. All right, the I, score. I'm willing to roast games in my reviews. Uh, <laughs> Tom Mark. Tom Marks writes, WarriorWare Get It Together is an absurd delight, testing your ability to think quickly and adapt on the fly in a series of ever-escalating micro-games. That tried-and-true formula is still a lot of fun here, looking better than ever, and introducing unique characters that can either bring interesting twists or mechanical frustrations to familiar games, depending on who you're using. It's a shame that Get It Together's multiplayer options somewhat drop the ball, though. Enough for an evening or two of laugh-out-loud fun with friends, but lacking the staying power for many more beyond that. And then Steve Watts at GameSpot gave it an 8 out of 10 and says, For the most part, the new character-based approach is a welcome addition to the WarriorWare blueprint. The characters themselves are differentiated and expressive, and mechanically, uh, they make the traditional micro-game challenges that much more engaging. The WarriorWare series has been uh, fertile ground for Nintendo to experiment with concepts like touchscreen capabilities in touched or accelerometer based motion in Twisted, which which makes Get It Together's platforming riffs a little more traditional than usual, but that also makes it less reliant on a gimmick, and that's ch that's a change for the better. Uh, Andy, do these reviews do anything for you and your maybe your interest in playing this game? I mean, a, we talked about it on the Gamescast. I, for this to be a game that I would likely have to buy, because it's a Nintendo game, I know that it comes across very entitled, but... I would maybe buy this if I knew I was going to play with friends and it was 20 bucks or less. But to have a $50 game and have it be a lot of mini games for a franchise I don't necessarily care about. No, not at all. I, I just mm -hmm. don't I don't care less. It just seems like the gameplay is so, so basic and it feels content light for it to be $50. That's like a high ass price point for a game. That's essentially a lot of mini games and it's not. 
it doesn't have the sort of visual appeal of like a Mario Party type game, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is one where hearing Tim talk about it and now reading the reviews this morning, I'm conflicted because I really love WarriorWare. And this is one that I didn't get a code for. And so I would have to buy this game. And $50 for WarriorWare does sound like a high price. I might pay it just because I love the franchise so much and I want to experience the new game. But hearing about how quick it is, hearing about how light it is, hearing, like, I mean, Tim said it's his favorite WarriorWare game, but like reading the uh, reading various reviews and seeing it sit at kind of like a mix like in that mid-tier of like in the, in the 70s i'm like mm, man if if that's what it's going to be i want more from it in terms of content i want to be able to spend more time with it but regardless you know it might be if, if it's fun for that four hours it might be worth it as well but i think that is a it's a it's one that's depending on who you are and and, and, and what your wants are out of a warrior wear uh and so for me it's like a wait and see like I'm, i might buy it i might not we'll circle around for that one I, I mean, when it comes to buying games, bless. I've I bought Skyward Sword. I haven't touched it. Mm. I bought Near Automata on PC, knowing that the patch came out in July, several months ago, a couple months ago, and that it had apparently fixed all the issues. And then I booted up Near Automata, and I was like, maybe I just play Near Automata for the rest of my life because, god dang, I need to get back to this video game. So I've been. I, I don't want the the viewers to think that like we don't buy games at all because I often buy games, even though I probably should ask <laughs> every once in a while, like, hey, can I get a code for this? But when it's a game that old, bless, I'll just like, eh, screw it. Let me yeah. just. I mean, let's... Skyward Sword, I got into a very similar situation with because that was one that I wanted to play as well. Uh, and I didn't get a code for that. And I was like, okay, do I want to buy Skyward Sword? And I read reviews and I talked to Barrett. Barrett was actually the one that unsold me on it. Um, and I was like, all right, yeah, I'll just wait for the the uh price drop and then you remember that's a nintendo game so that might be four years from now but you know this a nintendo game still gonna be nintendo game years from now right still gonna hold the same level of quality probably and so a a nintendo game discounted is a is a game forever good a nintendo game non-discounted is also a game that's i'm trying to do the iwata quote i'm trying to do the yeah no i feel you a delayed game yeah is good forever Unless mm-hmm. Cyberpunk Uh Let's get into our next review roundup. Let's hop into Life is Strange, True Colors. On Metacritic, it's sitting at an 84. On OpenCritic, it's sitting at an 82. Kimberly Wallace at Game Informer gave it an 8.5 out of 10 and says, True Colors' writing is so strong that it didn't need a supernatural ability to tell this story. I laughed, I cried, and the things that stick with me are the moments where Alex is tested and comes into her own. And there's something special in how True Colors gives you the power to decide her future and what her life needs, making for a memorable ending with a highlight reel of what you envision for the character. Due to all branching uh, due, due to all branching choice variations, you can probably get in a few playthroughs, but the overall message never changes. Don't give up. It may be a well, well-worn saying, but it means a lot in Alex Chen's pained life. And then Natalie Flores at Fanbyte uh, gave it an unscored review and says, I'm similarly grateful for the work of the team behind True Colors, a game I already know will be special to me forever. As I started True Colors, my heart soared at the abundance of tiny details that reminded me of what it was like to fall in love with the series. I felt the love and respect Deck Nine has for, De- for Life Strange's legacy in just about every corner, but it's so much more than a reassurance of the past. It's an affirmation of the future. By moving forward with its own brilliant ideas that embody the heart, inclusivity, and depth this series is known for, the team at Deck Nine honors Life is Strange in the best ways possible. It's difficult to imagine a better game to represent this franchise's new future. True Colors has told me something I needed to hear at this exact moment, something I'll carry with me for the rest of my life. It's serendipitous like the, the entries that came before it. It's home. 
uh, and I totally agree uh, with both these agree uh, both of these reviews and for uh, uh, the Metacritic and like the the impressions I've seen people give online so far. It seems like people are absolutely loving Life Strange True Colors. Of course, me and Greg gave our own reviews of it on yesterday's or this morning's Gamescast yesterday if you're on Patreon. Uh, and it's a game that I totally adore, right? I think Greg mentioned that it's his game of the year and it's for sure one of my favorite games of the year as well. I was blown away by Life Strange True Colors. And I think the one of the things I mentioned when I tweeted out this morning was that like the game it's not only just like beautiful it is, it is a really good looking game which life strange has always had a good art style to it but this time around they really pushed that and made for something that i think actually kind of pushes like hardware in terms of its visual fidelity i appreciated that but also just the story is so it's so good uh, i think the words i used in my tweet were emotionally resonant and that is something that I've not gotten out of many video games this year. I think for me, the two stories that have done, I'll say three, the three stories that have done that for me this year, I've been Chicory, uh, The Forgotten City, and now the, uh, uh, Life is Strange True Colors in terms of making me actually feel connected to these characters, making me, making me actual, actually feel what these characters are going through and making me actually feel connected with this town and city in a way that for me is going to make this game feel memorable. Like I beat this game. Uh, like on, I beat this game on Sunday, right, which is th th three days ago, and I still think about this game daily. I'm still like, man, what a great time I had with that game. What a beautiful story that game had to told, had to, had to tell. Uh, and so I'm right there with uh, these reviews reviews here, and I absolutely love Natalie's review. People should go read it. Uh, Natalie from from um, Fanbyte. You know, it's a it, it. I love Fanbyte because they're they do stuff their own way. And so this review doesn't read like a product review, right? Like this review reads like a, hey, I'm just, I'm going to get in my bag. Here's an this, essay on this, yeah. Here's an essay. Here's me waxing poetic about <clears throat> like how much I love this thing and my true thoughts and feelings about what this thing is, what it means to the franchise and where it comes from. And I think Natalie knocked it out of the park. Uh, and I tweeted earlier that like this, her review actually made me tear up reading through it. Like that's how much I love this game. And that's how much I appreciate that review. Uh, and so I recommend people go check that out if you're interested. Last one for the review roundup is the Artful Escape, which is sitting on Metacritic at an 84 and on OpenCritic at a 77 as of the time that I pulled this for the doc. Tristan Ogilvie at IGN gave it an 8 out of 10 and says, The Artful Escape is a truly joyful musical journey through outer space in which the performances of its cast and the quality of its soundtrack are every bit as stellar as the eye-popping celestial realms uh, it crisscrosses through. It's not for those who are after a traditional platforming game challenge, and if listening to indulgent 80s-style guitar solos doesn't appeal to you, then Francis's non-stop noodling may well get on your nerves. But if you're up for an infectious mix of goofy good humor and brazen guitar worship, then there hasn't been a musical adventure as excellent uh, as The Artful Escape since Bill met Ted. And then Janet Garcia at Pen to Pixels gave it a 2 out of 5 and says, Despite being about four hours long, the Artful Escape gets repetitive in more ways than one. I enjoyed my time overall, but the thrill came from what I, what I was seeing more than what I was doing. And in a medium as active as video games, that's not necessarily a good thing. The beauty is just good... The, the beauty is just enough to make it, make it a worthwhile adventure, but don't expect any stake with its sizzle. Andy... Uh, I've, we talked about this again yesterday on kind of funny games cast tim gave his full review i played some of it as well i dropped off of it because i just wasn't feeling it for you does, does artful escape speak to you are you going to jump into this game as somebody who enjoys music a lot and plays guitar i think the idea of it being a four-hour experience is massive to me because it's something i'm definitely going to try out and uh, and see how i feel about it and and plus, I kind of know what I'm getting into. I think a lot of these reviews have set the stage for me in saying this is not gameplay heavy. 
you are kind of just experiencing and watching this and listening to it as opposed to, you know, needing precise button inputs or whatever, which is usually what engages the hell out of me. But I'm also the type of person that when I'm playing Metal Gear or whatever game I'm playing and I hit a cutscene, I'm like, hell yeah, let's watch this shit. Like, I'm super excited to see what happens here or whatever. So I'm stoked about it. I'm stoked to try it out. Uh, I want to see if um, if I feel the same way about it, because I think Tim made a great point that if guitar and Bob Dylan and um, uh, gosh, uh, Ziggy Stardust, I'm um, David Bowie, David if those Bowie, yeah. genres don't really weren't really part of your past or if they're not anything you're interested in, this might be a big old flop to you. And I think you have to sort of be interested in that going into it. And so, you know, as a as a general fan of like just rock music and somebody who grew up with rock music and my dad listening to bands like Rush and stuff like that, I I think I'll probably dig it. And again, four hours, like that's that's nothing. I'm like 40 hours into Ghost of Tsushima right now. So I'm in. Yeah. I mean, honestly, though, like when we're talking about the four hours, that was one of the things that prompted me to put out my tweet because that was the thing that was carrying me through the game. The fact that I knew I, I'd asked him, I was like, how long? He was like about four hours. So I was like, oh, I can do four hours. I can do a four hour game. And I got two hours into it. And I was definitively bored. And I literally, I was like, I can't keep playing this game just because I want to have something to say about it. I got to drop off because I are, if I'm not in it halfway through, then I, I'm not going to assume that I'm going to be in it by the time I actually finish it. But I will say that like the visuals there are stunning. Uh, and like, you know, I, it is very definitively, definitively the thing of, Hey, if you're into the Bob Dylan and David Bowie of things, this game will probably speak to you. If you, if you like, cosmic rock and the weird shit that Annapurna is doing with this game this game will probably speak to you i think the, my one biggest complaint with the game despite me being like this game is definitively not for me my one my one criticism really is the fact that it, it there's like no gameplay right yeah. you're just running from left to right and interacting with dialogue which could work for me in a story that i cared about but in a game that tim was describing as a 2d walking sim and you know i would agree to some extent the walking sims I've played, though, and the walking sims I've loved do have some puzzle elements to it, right? Like in Gone Home, at, at the very least, I am combining a thing with another thing to open the door. Or I'm looking for a key to, op to open this door that I'm trying to get through. Or in What Remains of Edith Finch, I am trying to get, I'm trying to solve a thing in a room to keep the narrative going. This game is very much... You're along going. for the ride. You're along for the ride. Talk to characters. Get, get into some trippy shit. And I wish those more involved in the gameplay that I... that at the very least would have spoken to me to actually want to carry me through. It is very much what you see is what you get, but that is going to work for a lot of people if that aesthetic is something that you adore. And so I, I recommend it if you like if you like what you've heard, I recommend it. If you're not into those things, I would say maybe it's a pass. <laughs> from you gotta play like it me, in Tim's house. You gotta play it in that in Tim's home theater. I think that's really what's gonna get you going. <laughs> yeah. Get that shit real loud, have it on a big ass screen. Andy, I'm super excited to play the Artful Escape in Tim's theater, but <laughs> that day is probably just so far away. If I want to, it's coming out to Mom Grop Shops today. Where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday, boy. Do 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 yeah. yeah. Damn, Kratos made an appearance. Thanks so much, Kratos. I loved you and your games, God of Wars 1 through 3 and God of War 2018. You killed in that. And you killed don't a lot of enemies in that, too. Don't be thankful. Be better. Yeah. Those are so, it's so hard to get though, down yeah. there. It's so hard. It's so hard. What was that, Kevin? 
Wasn't that a different actor for the one through three? Or is it the same? Definitely. That was yeah. different. Definitely okay, different right. actor. Yeah, yeah, different. You're, you're right, you're right. right. Uh, out today, we got struggling for the PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, and then uh, today, Obsidian Entertainment and Private Division released Murder on Eridanos, the second and final DLC for The Outer Worlds on the Nintendo Switch. Valorant Episode 3 Act 2 is now live alongside Patch 3.05 with a Battle Pass, Spectrum Z Skinline, and a new map, F- Fracture. Do, do those words make sense to you, Andy? Yeah, they do, because I got to play them beforehand. And it was, a, it was a little tougher with whenever you play and have these multiplayer events, right? You get to preview a game beforehand. It's usually pretty uh, automated. You are in a Discord, in a secret Discord, with a bunch of other press people and and pro gamers and influencers, and they say, all right, just hit matchmaking and go, and hop into this game or whatever. But for Valorant, it was a little bit different, so I didn't get to play against anybody because it was very much... I was there a day late, already so i was already behind it bless and then i had to join and kind of make friends and hop into the looking for group section and be like hey i'm available i'm available to play anybody got time or whatever and i could just never really i guess find an opening and a slot and i'd look at there was a bunch of chat rooms filled with like six stacks already or five stacks and i'm like all right this isn't gonna work bless so i never played against Mm -hmm. anybody but i got to try out the map early and i did a couple death matches on there just against bots and walked around the map. It's pretty neat. It is uh, a lot different from your past maps. Uh, at, in this map, there are rotating points of... Uh, so you're not always planting on the same point. It might be another spot now. And it's very much in line going with their, with the lore of the world where there are like a split universe thing is happening. So the the world is kind of... The level split down the middle, and it's very aesthetically different from each other, one side from the other. Uh, it's pretty neat what they're doing with the lore. And um, yeah, Zed, the famous you know EDM artist, is has partnered with them and has his own gun line now, which is pretty sick. Hell yeah. Uh, and then also out today, we got the first season of Aliens Fireteam Elite. Uh, that begins today. New dates for you, Subdivision, Infinite. Uh, Sub- Subdivision Infinite DX sets off for PlayStation 5 on September 22nd, 2021, and then Mech Warrior 5 Mercenaries and Heroes of the Inner Sphere expansion is landing on PS5 and PS4 on September 23rd. I also and- want to point out that uh, struggling on PS4 and Xbox One out today, I had the pre-alpha for that, and I've had the pre-alpha my whole life. Bless. Oh, sh- oh you- wow, your whole life? Yeah. Oh my god. It's been struggling God. my whole life, yeah. Oh man, that's wild, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it good? Would you recommend? Would you I don't recommend, recommend struggling? It, no. Uh, no. no, don't recommend struggling for the PS4 and Xbox, mm-hmm. Xbox One. Damn, that's wild. Of course, you can go to kindoffunny.com/slash you're wrong, where you write in a list of what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube.com/slash kindoffunnygames and on podcast services around the globe. Uh, and let's see here. Let's see here. Mm-mm-mm. It's not a you're wrong. It's not a you're wrong. Uh, it was Miyamoto who said that a rush game is forever bad, not Iwata. Oh, my bad. I I thought that was part of the joke. No, I said I. No. And bad. I think that's I'm it. Shook. I think I think that's. I mean, comedian here says actually, can I confirm? Uh, this is a this is a weird source. I'm gonna leave this out because this source isn't a great source. Leave it out. Leave it out. I'm gonna leave it out. Uh, and so, Andy, get it together with your with your Miyamoto quotes. Uh, but aside from that, we killed it. We killed everybody. Of course, t- 
Today is what? Wednesday, which means tomorrow is Thursday. And your hosts are Greg and Tim fucking Gettys. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is the moment you've all been waiting for. Mike and Barrett are starting their playthrough of Metal Gear Solid 3. And that's going up all day up until 5 p.m. If your subs push us there uh, for September, or sorry, September. Let me get that right. If you catch that, or if you want to catch that later, you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays. And of course, I'll be there. Kev will be there. Tame will be there. It's going to be a great start to Metal Gear Solid 3, everybody. Remember, though, that this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.